0: Right, uh, we're going to begin. This is a story from uh, 1984. It's called To France on Two Cylinders. It's a tale from It's a Rum Life, Book 4, Volume 1, Northcote, 1984 to 1994. This story comes from the time just after we had moved to Northcote, After the traumatic episodes involving the loss of our home of 14 years, our distribution business and the litigation that was still threatening from our ex-farmer neighbour. The year must have been late 1984. All the posh cars and most unnecessary possessions had gone in the grand auction sale at Ivy House at the end of 1983. This had provided us with some spending money to see us over Christmas. The car. The car, pictured in the story, is a second-hand Citroen Diane with a two-cylinder air-cooled engine of very little power. Seats a bit like deck chairs but better. Full fold-back sunroof and full lift-up back door. Uh, the seats folded easily and altogether the car was a remarkable piece of machinery. This was the car Ruth used for work as an agency nurse. It was also our only car. Due to zero money and debts from moving house, anything we had on finance was got rid of and we purchased this little car from Bullwinkles of Bomber, the local Citroen Specialists those two years or so after the crash of ECYB transport are still very confused so much was going on to try and make a living however possible anyway we saw our way to having a holiday and following our previous normal trend we headed off to France the red Diane we took a picture from the internet which was the same colour as our own car was by no means new in fact it was getting quite ancient, so tools and spare parts were thought a wise precaution. In fact, a scrapyard at the end of our little road, uh, this is in uh, a great steeping, had a Diane in their yard, and we bought two extra spare wheels with decent tyres. The route. We thought it wise to stay closer to the northern coast of France and planned a tour which took us to the east of Paris. Money was not just tight, it was virtually non-existent. We had persuaded friends to live at Northcote while we were away to look after dogs and horses. The rabbits had not yet arrived, as once they had, I could never leave them to someone else. The holiday was only a few days, and we did wish to return to Compiègne, northeast of Paris, where there is a most excellent museum of transport. The forest around the town is huge, and in the centre is the historic railway coach used by the Allies for the signing of the peace at the end of World War I. Typically, Adolf Hitler insisted that the French sign their capitulation. Uh, on the same site during World War II. This is a real must of a place for visiting amid beautiful surroundings. The museum. Back in the museum there is everything to see in the form of transport from an actual Roman chariot to modern modern early 1900s motor vehicles. Worth a particular mention are a horse-drawn travelling dentist wagon with space on the roof for a small band to play and drown the sound of patients in agony. In the modern vehicle section uh, there is a Citroën Parisian taxi from about 1911 with individual electric motors in each front wheel. While in the area we once again visited Rem with its beautiful cathedral On the way back, we visited the site of fierce fighting in the First World War at the Chemin Dam. It was on our return from here to Soissons that the most memorable part of our visit took place. The accident. No, it was not us who had the accident. It was one that we witnessed and assisted in. Here, I must mention that the situation in France has always been very different to that in the UK. If one sees an accident. In the UK today most folk feel obliged to look the other way just in case any assistance they give may result in some ambulance chaser solicitor being persuaded that you might have done something not quite correct in the situation. No thank you for your help, just greedy folk trying to earn and gain from the innocent help of passers-by. In France, if you witness an accident and do not stop to assist, you can be prosecuted for not assisting. This particular accident happened just three cars or so ahead of us. The first we saw was a car bonnet lifting into the air. As we got nearer, a few seconds later, we were confronted with two vehicles in the middle of the road. The fact that we had seen the bonnet flying in the air made us aware that something was wrong and prepared us crossways onto the road was a small estate car which had pulled out of a side road on the left and was turning to his left to proceed down the main road to Soissons. He hadn't made it. It was pretty obvious that he had not really seen the car coming towards him from the left. That car had hit him fair and square on the left front wing of the estate car, demounting his bonnet. Now the two cars were locked together and blocking half the road. Being prepared for something, we stopped. Ruth went forward to assist the passengers. I went to the rear of our car where we had our obligatory continental warning triangle. I ran down the road about 25 yards in the direction we had come from and placed the triangle in the middle of the right-hand carriageway. When I arrived back at the two cars, the driver of the second car had got out and was wandering about unsure of himself. Ruth and the driver of the other car, by chance a local doctor, had persuaded him to sit quietly on the road leaning against his front wheel. The local doctor had already placed his warning triangle in the direction he had come from. Ruth made the doctor aware of her qualifications, and between them they began to see what was needed. By this time, I had stopped the first car to pass and asked them to call the Pompier. This they did from the next village. Remember, this is late 1984, and mobile phones had yet to come. The Pompier. The Pompier, or firemen in France, are the number one emergency service. They have accident vehicles with accommodation for injured patients, as well as all the normal firefighting vehicles. Within just a few minutes, the Pompier arrived and took full charge. The doctor explained the situation, and while some coated the traffic, the others loaded the old gentleman into their vehicle on a stretcher. There was an old lady too, who was unhurt but dreadfully concerned for her husband, calling him Papa constantly. By now, the fire chief had arrived in his van. There was a third passenger in the old folks' car, and he was my charge, an elderly golden retriever who had been in the rear of the estate car and was just concerned for what was happening to his family. The fire chief quickly absorbed the situation, and as his crew were about to leave for Swasson Hospital with Papa, the old lady pleaded to him for help for her old dog he bundled the old lady and her dog into his van telling the Pompier crew that he would follow to the hospital with Madame as soon as he would taken the dog home that was about it the state car had been pushed to the side of the road and the doctor made his way to his initial destination with a somewhat battered but still drivable automobile why was his car still drivable it was a Mercedes saloon, somewhat more solid than the old estate car. I do not remember there being any police, but perhaps there were. We continued to Soissons Market and found the most amazing cheese stall to fill our freezer box for the journey home to the UK. During the whole short holiday, the Diane never missed a beat, never very fast, but most dependable. There we are, that's the end of that little story. Brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. And more stories to read on Keith Sanders is the More free audio stories on this Buzzsprout site, and lots of free videos to watch on Keith Sanders, the short storyman on YouTube. There's a shop where you can buy the books we produce, all the stories you are listening to or read are in book form and they're downloadable, they're very inexpensive. You can have a look on richardkeithsanders.sells.com Thank you for listening.